You're listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with David and. <laughs> Tiny, I thought you'd be. Oh shit! I gotta play the lot louder. Okay. You're listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with David. Hello, listeners. We are back for another great show. First of all, to our U.S. fans, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving.、Uh, and now that you've blown all your money on shopping, how about a free show from your friends, David and Kane? <laughs> okay. I, I just, I just want to make a quick, like, little thing. Yeah. A quick little aside. Go before we get started. Yes. Just in regards to our sponsors. Yeah. Because I have a thought on this, actually. Uh oh. It's, it's coming. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because like right now we don't have any sponsors,、no. and we shouldn't. We only like this、no. is only the fifth episode,、um, so it's crazy to expect that anyone would want to jump on jump on the ship right now. Yeah, that's right.、Um, but yeah, you should. But、uh, I was thinking since we don't have any sponsors, that means we're not beholden to anybody, any company, that is anything. True. That so is true. if that's the case, maybe we can air out our grievances.、Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm cool with that.、Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we just we'll get、yeah. started?、And、Look, we, sponsors, we think, we've got a we, lot. We've got a lot of free time. Okay, anyone that can have a show like this has tons of free time. Yeah, we are ready to write those Google reviews. <laughs> I'll say the only thing、um, that I was thinking of is like、um, lines,、yeah. lines in front of stores. We were driving here、uh, and on our way we、oh, passed、yeah. That's right. Burke Street Bakery,、mm-hmm. and I asked David like, "Oh, how come、uh, there's always a line at Burke Street Bakery? Like, what's so good about it?" And then he, you know, he said like, I don't know, like,、uh, I don't know why it's like people line up. It's I don't think it's worth it. And then I said, in my personal experience, I've never lined up for a restaurant or food place, and, and then my expectations exceeding right, right. the anticipation、yeah. of、uh, you know having to wait for the food. So yeah, Buck Street Bakery. Overrated. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the caveat here is that、uh, Kane has never actually tried Burke Street Bakery. <laughs> I I have. have you? I might have, and then、yeah. so un- so, so you must have so unmemorable. So unmemorable that yeah, I just forgot yeah. about wow, it. Wow, that's a lot of resentment. No, I just don't see what the so the big hubbub is about. Okay, about a big like a bread store. All right. Okay. <laughs> a lot of shade. A lot of shade <laughs> at Burke Street Bakery. Clearly, after five shows,、uh, we're a, a little bit bitter about not having sponsors. <laughs> didn't、okay? de- probably didn't deserve that blast. Yeah, no, I have to agree that it, it's a good place. It's、yeah. high quality, but、yeah. I'm not sure if it's worth lining up、The、for.、Queue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Kara's liver, the、uh, Nets point guard, avoided disaster、um, in a really gruesome video. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but basically, he landed on a player when he attempted to block a shot, block a layup. Landed on his leg and it snapped. Like it looked like it, it, it bent ninety degrees、yeah. kind of thing when he landed.、Um, the stretcher came out. It was against the Timberwolves.、Um, you know, players looked distraught and sad, and the players were crying and stuff like that. Gordon Hayward is a is a spe- special player, and Paul George right as、yeah. well. Special players that reached out to Caris Levert,、um, lending their support and hand in this、uh, rehab process. Yeah. Fortunately, it was not a broken foot. It was just a or broken ankle. It was just a sprained. I think it was sprained, sprained lower dislocation. leg dislocation. Dislocated, yeah, dislocated. Dislocated. Which means I I, I couldn't find anywhere. Did you find anything about his timeline? No, I was looking for it. I think they were being careful with that not to release it properly. But the optimistic that he will return. Yeah, from this he, season, he'll be back this sometime this season, full、mm. strength. 
uh, so it's, I mean, it could have been disaster, but um, got very lucky. Yeah. So two things I wanted to point out. Okay. Um, one is Nets related and one is Rui's related. Okay. So the first one, Nets related, is Karis Levert, especially in his first uh, 10, 13 games or so, he looked like he looked like he was, uh, you know, building a case to be a, this, the star player for the Nets. Yeah, absolutely. He was averaging close to 20 absolutely. points a game, six points. Yeah. I mean, I know he injured in a lot of stars, but a lot of, like, a lot of people said, you know, in their tweets that he looked dangerous this season. He was... He... On our first, very first show, mm. I had Kane read out the rec league names of the Nets, and I had no clue who cares Levert is. And no. you were saying, like, oh, keep, yeah, he's... This keep is your like, eye on him. I think that very game, that very show, he scored the winning... He, uh, he scored the winning bucket. The winning the bucket. And then on a later show, we saw him The last again. episode. The last episode, yeah. we, he scored another against winning... Against the Nuggets. Against the yeah. Nuggets. And he is one of the rising stars of the yeah, league. Exactly, rising stars. That's yeah. a good way to put so, it. So, sorry, go, go on. I mean, he has a really inspirational story. He's 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 a good kid, a, a, a role model in the in the in the Brooklyn community. Um, this was someone that I mentioned in the first episode. He broke, had multiple um, foot injuries um, in his time as Michigan, and that kind of made him drop from being a lottery pick to a twentieth overall pick by the Nets. Sean Marks took a chance on him, and now it looks like it's paying off. It's just so unfortunate that he injured and, uh, got injured, and hopefully he comes back at full strength. But the second thing I wanted to mention, which is Rose related, is did you see the meme? No. About the Rose curse? What's the Rose curse? Well, the curse? three names I mentioned previously, Paul George, Gordon Haywood. Yeah. Oh, now Karis Levert, sorry. The two other names yeah. I mentioned, um, who also lended the support to Karis Levert. Yeah. They, uh, Rose was on the court, like was in the game at the time when those two guys oh had yeah. their major, major injuries. Yeah. So yeah. against when Gordon Haywood, when he had last season with the Celtics, he was on a Cavs last year. Oh, it was against the Cavs. Yeah, against year. the Cavs okay. and Rose was on the Cavs. And then the time when Paul George broke his leg um, in the USA scrimmage, Rose was on Rose was, was playing for, on Team oh. USA, like you know. Okay. So now against this, against the Nets, he was on the Timberwolves, and he was there watching. Like he's seen this happen again and again <laughs> and again, and I just I can't help but feel a little bit sorry for him because obviously he's dealt with his show of injuries. Why does this have to happen to me? Why are you me, feeling sorry for him? He's the curse. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I how about the players that... like checking I... into the game? <laughs> I feel sorry that he thinks he's the curse. Yeah. Can you just imagine like uh, Rodney Hood? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like coach is asking Rodney to check in the game. He sees like <laughs> he sees Rose like no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, we should think of all the different ways that Rodney Hood refuses to like check into games. <laughs> this was famous. he's like this yeah. was famously last year. Uh, Rodney Hood doesn't think of himself as a. Uh, uh, scrub end of the bench player. Yeah, and then when he was getting put in garbage time, uh, when he was on the Cavs last season, he was he so offended. He refused. He refused, he refused he to so play offended. garbage minutes. Yeah, this is someone that's never been that far into the playoffs. Okay. But he's a running hood. I, I mean, I, I might be confusing him with someone else, but he's he's not like a he's not. I don't think he's a scrub player. He's not a scrub he player. He does but... have. He had too much ego at that time, and he should kind of check his pride because it was a deep Cavs team. Yeah, but. I don't think he's a like a terrible player. He's not a terrible player, but he became a terrible player because of that incident. His attitude. His attitude. attitude is bad. Okay, so the other big happening this week was Jimmy Butler finally got traded. And we missed it. We uh, missed it. It happened immediately after yeah. um, our last a few hours. Yeah. Which is actually good because then we had the whole week to sort of see w w what really transpired. We saw him in a couple of games. Two games, yeah. In two right. games. And I don't know. Like, what's your thoughts on this trade? Is well, it... let, me, let, let me just backtrack a little bit um, in terms of the actual trade. We can just briefly touch on that. 
Um, he ended up getting traded to the Sixers, which I think came out of the blue because a long time he was um, connected to the Houston Rockets. And we talked about how the Rockets were offering four first round picks for Butler, which is insane that the Wolves would reject that mm. and then accept the Sixers' offer of um, two quality players, I would say. I think it's Robert Covington and Darius Saric, who are the starters on the Sixers. Obviously, they're, not, they're nowhere near the same level as Butler, but you never get a fair trade value for a star player. Um, but they traded for two kind of quality players and a second round pick. Which is nothing. That's Which like, is, that's well, throwaway. That's nothing compared to four first round picks. That's like saying you Over get like seven cash. years. In seven years, you don't know if the Rockets are going to be bad. That, that, that fourth first round pick could eventually you know, be a top 10 pick because the Rockets would be bad in, 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 in six years. You know what I mean? Okay, so it sounds like uh, you're quite clear on this that they should have taken the, the four. I don't understand picks. the reasoning why they didn't accept. I mean, the only thing maybe is because they didn't want it to go to an a intra-conference team. What this really touches on, this, this trade to the Sixers and the Sixers being able to complete um, uh, this trade uh, and getting Jimmy Butler, it means that the process is officially over. The process is over. Yeah, the process okay. has completed its course and this is your result. You've got Embiid, you've got uh, Ben Simmons, and now you've got Jimmy Butler. Because okay. all three are going to command max contracts, which means they won't have any wiggle room and financial capabilities to sign any other star player now. And now that you've declared the process to be over, yeah. what is, on a score of 1 to 10, yeah. what do you score it? <sighs> Time will tell, right? But I think just early sort of analysis, I would give it 6. Interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty low on it. I am giving a 6 as well. I thought oh, really? You, I, huh. I thought you'd be much higher on this. It's because... The way you talk about Ben Simmons. Yeah, I like Ben Simmons a lot, but I'm starting to hesitate. I have concerns about Ben Simmons. Yeah, I've I've started to turn around off to the your stuff. huh <laughs> off the court stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not. Once I'm, he did his toes and that Kardashian, believe, Kardashian curse, man, it's over. I don't believe in that, but I do believe that he needs to develop a jump shot. It, jump shot if he wants to develop into a bona fide MVP talent, because I think he's the only guy that can really become an MVP candidate sort of player just because of his skills, because of his length, because um, he looks like LeBron James. But the only thing stopping him from becoming the next LeBron James is an adequate jump shot, which he has zero, and, and zero Jarrett, jump shot. I would say this. I thought this year is going to be a leap for him. He hasn't taken that leap forward. Yeah, exactly. I, that's and exactly my point. this is the concern. I, I think I talked last time, Giannis, he's living with his parents. He's eating dinner with his like uh, mom, okay? Yeah. He's not like partying in whatever yeah, yeah, nightclub. Yeah. Right, he's in the gym yeah. and it shows on the court. Yeah, you know, Simmons, he's got so much natural talent. I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's not going to find it uh, hanging around with the Kardashians. Because he's got the length of a Giannis. And he's got the basketball skills of a LeBron James. He's got it all. He's got all. He's strong. He's got he's got everything possible you need to like in talent wise to be an NBA time like NBA all time great if he if he puts in the work. Going back to your um, scale one to ten for the Sixers, yeah. why I am quite not low but just a little bit above average on the you know on the process is because their last draft pick. Um, oh, sorry. Markel Fultz, we, we lost forgot to, yeah. the last year's first overall pick in Markel Fultz. He What's looks happening? like a bust. What's is happening? It, is, he, is he a bust? What's happening here? Okay, what, what's happening let me just here? put some yeah. uh, context here. When he was playing, uh, what team was he playing for? Markel Fultz? Duke. 
Nah, nah. North Carolina. No. Wake Forest. No. Kentucky. No. No, no, I feel super fancy. Uh, Huskies, Washington Huskies. Oh. Hey, well, I remember it was Washington. Anyway, at Washington, I mean, because, you know, he was a guy during the draft process, he was pegged as, not I can't miss, but like top three player. You know, Diamond Mitchell wasn't, you know, Tatum wasn't that mix, but usually it was Ball, Lonzo Ball from UCLA and Marco Falls from uh, Washington. And during this process, we saw his offensive skills, his, his, he could shoot, he was quite athletic, he, he, he could, he could make any shot in the gym kind of thing like that. And now it looks like he can't shoot. A, did you see that bizarre double pump, pump uh, fake pump free throw? Yeah. It, well, what's happening there? It looks like... But what's happening... Like, seriously, what's happening with this player? This this is a number one pick. Yeah. He... I'm assuming he could shoot prior to join the NBA. That's what I'm saying. He was, a very off, he was a very potent offensive player before he joined the NBA. So wh- what happened? And then we had a shoulder... He had a shoulder injury during the preseason or something. And then he was out, right? He was out for yeah. the season with that shoulder injury. And then during um, his rehab, he was, like, learning to shoot again for some reason. Like some shoulder, like there must be some shoulder pain that kind of forced him to change the mechanics in his shooting, and maybe that he like uh, the trainer or his shooting coach took that chance, the shoulder injury, to kind of uh, recoach him maybe a better way of shooting, some like you know maybe a more sustainable way of shooting, because maybe his way of shooting was. Um, so they try to engineer and they try to re-engineer a shot for Marco Fords, and they recently had a, I think they recently Ooh. Marco Fords recently fired his shooting coach. Really? Because it's, so, not work, it's not working for So him. he just wasted the past year or exactly. more. Exactly. And he still can't shoot and his confidence is waning and he, he just doesn't look like a player that even is a you know draftable player. Like if you saw this player, do you, would you draft him? He just no, looks he's, like a... He's a, non, he's, a, he's a non-factor at all. He's a he just looks like a 6'4 guard that knows the basics of basketball. He but, can pass the ball, he can dribble the ball, but nothing he does is spectacular or, worth, or something that you think like, oh, exactly. this guy was a, a former first overall pick. It's shocking. It's and, shocking. Yeah, and it's shocking too because he's not in a draft class that was weak like Anthony Bennett. Like Anthony Bennett's class was historically a weak class and it's like, oh, who were the Cavs going to pick then, you know? Fair enough. Like, you, you can't put too much onus on the Cavs for picking Anthony Bennett who was a project. Michael Fultz was a was a bona fide NBA ready player that could bring, you know, at least 15 points a game kind of thing. Like he looked like a player that could, you know, shoot well, fit in the Sixers, Sixers system because they needed a shooting guard at that time. Um, but you know, you know who they miss in terms of guys that could bring offensive production? They missed on Tatum. They, they missed on Donovan Mitchell. Imagine where this team would be. And this is the difference between a six and, you know, Michael Falls being a bust. Because they ended up with three max contract players, right? Mm-hmm. As a result of this process. Mm-hmm. If they had four, this would have been a 10 or like a 9. I actually like Markel Fultz, not because I've, I like his game or anything. I just don't feel he's been given the, the proper opportunity. Like they, fu- they've like, they fucked him up somehow. They org- I mean, th- that organization screwed him up then. Yeah, I mean, but like, you know, Simmons had a, had a foot injury in his rookie season and Bede had multiple foot injuries, I believe, or lower leg injuries. And, you know, they were able to rehab and and get right and be considered franchise player. So I don't understand why Fultz, you know, was treated differently or, you know, is it him or... I have no idea. I don't know what the backstory is in regards I, I to why it's taking him so long to rehab. Okay, my advice to Markel Fultz is with the percentages, don't care about the percentages. It's like, just go on the line and release a damn ball, right? Yeah. Have you seen how Dennis Rotman shoots the yeah. free throw? He didn't even, like, 
Think and like he he just like catches a ball, puts it up. Markel Fultz, that's exactly what you should be doing. And you know what? If you did that, you'll probably have the same percentage, if not better percentage, than some of the worst uh, free throw shooters it's in just, the league right it's now. It's crazy to me that he's a former first round pick that has probably been paying, playing at an extremely high basketball level for over ten years, and now we're talking about he doesn't know how to shoot. shoot uh, he needs to learn how to shoot. Like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, Especially, I don't know about the jump shots, but for the free throw lines, just like release it. Don't even think about it. And if it doesn't go in, it doesn't go in. Some of the worst free throw shooters, they're like shooting yeah, like 40%, 40 or, right? Yeah. So even, like if, even if you shot like 40% or 30%, okay, fine. You're like on the bottom of, li of the list, but it's not going to be like 10%. But don't like, you know, just don't think about it. And also stay away from Carmel Anthony highlights. <laughs> You don't need to be seeing like one for 11 shooting. Um, as of four days ago, apparently, he is 57.6%. He's 19 of 33 from the free throw line, which is putrid for like a guard. What, what's this? 19 of 33, which is 57%. That's still within what, Rondo territory? Nah, I doubt Rondo is that. Rondo bad. is like in the 60s probably. But Rondo, Ron, Rajon Rondo has obviously played in the league a long time and he's, he's improved like a lot of aspects of his game. Including I mean, look, his, I, I wish Markel I mean, well. this was a guy that could shoot and he's 4 of 13 from three. So, he doesn't so even prior, take any three point So shots. prior to the injury, you're saying he can't shoot. There's nothing. From my recollection, he was considered a very good offensive player. He was a rounded player. He was a very rounded player. Exactly. Ready to Think go like to Think like a Tyreek Evans kind of thing. Should we talk about what's happening in Houston? They're not going to play Melo anymore, and they're looking to, to offload him. So they're not going to play him, and he doesn't have to uh, be around the team at all. But officially, he's still on the team. Oh. And they'll keep him there until he finds his ne next destination. I'm not surprised. Even though he had a really good performance against the Nets, he's just generally played uh, really bad and just shot really bad. And I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. Do you know why... Anthony is or Melo is playing so badly, like because he, he sucks. That's well, why he only needs to shoot. Like he he's gets, fat and he sucks. He's fat. Yeah, he's slow in defense. But you like initially the idea was that he could A make up on bad defense by being an offense by being an offensive force because he can be a good spot-up shooter. Like, he's, he's always been a good spot-up shooter. Like, wh wh why all of a sudden is he... Because now he's, he's not... His conditioning is not as good as before, so he doesn't have his legs behind him anymore. Right, right. But that affects his defense more than his offense, right? But I think it's affected his shot as well. Okay. And he's also someone that needs volume shooting to get him his rhythm going. It was just over a year ago when they, you know, people were asking him about a bench role and he sort of just brushed that off as, mm. as, as hey, that's a ridiculous question. Mm. And within a year, he's basically going to be out of the league, I think. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, in the press conference, the, uh, the Rockets were saying, Melo, his, his approach was tremendous. Uh, you know, he did everything we asked him to do. And that's just code for, you know, this guy gave us nothing, but we can't badmouth him because we want someone else to, like... Financially, it means nothing for the Rockets. But this is exactly what OKC were saying. You know, oh, he did everything that we asked him to do. Oh, imagine a big three with Melo, Ru Russell Westbrook, and PG. Oh, that would be a... Uh... A really good team, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's right. it. Maybe you should go to the Rock. Maybe you should go to the Thunder. What do you mean? He was. I just, mean, he's sarcastic. Okay, he was just <laughs> on the Thunder. <laughs> send him back to like New York. Send him back to New York. Oh, but right. send him back to that circus. No, I think he. To be honest, he's still NBA level player, and he probably would be a good spot for a lot of teams. Okay. But it's his pride and his ego that's getting in the way, and I think when he doesn't have the sort of production number, like when he doesn't get the numbers that he's used to, that affects his confidence,
that affects his shot, and that probably affects like his teammates' uh, distrust ultimately towards him, and, and then the executives. Who do you think he's going to land with? Well, I, I thought the Lakers, but I didn't. I didn't know that 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 there was like that report about um, LA and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think if it's not the Lakers, I think he'll. He won't retire, but he probably won't join join a team. No, this season. I've, I've got some. I've got. I've done research. I've got oh, some teams for him. Okay, yeah, go for it. Okay, the Beijing Ducks. Lao Ning flying leopard. How about the Jilin Northeast Tigers? The Jilin Tigers play out of uh, Changchun Gymnasium, which has a capacity of four thousand people. Melo is literally going to be transforming that gym into an arena with all the bricks he's going to be putting up. You think? What are this? I mean, obviously in the NBA you make the most money, but what 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 is in the, China the salary now is pretty good. They have multi million dollars. They have multi million dollars. Because yeah. in the NBA he's not going to get more than like the minimum, which is like one veteran or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, because he's still getting paid million. by the Hawks at the moment. Yeah. As in the Hawks bought him out yeah, for like yeah. nineteen million dollars or something yeah. like that. But he's never going to get like anything like that. Oh in no, the no, NBA it's anymore. over for him. Or nowhere. No one's going to. Yeah. There's no con- there's no association in the world that is able to pay that mm-hmm. salary. Anywhere near, right? But in China, he can like get... Like, Jim Fodette, I think, is the best uh, player in the Chinese Basketball so- uh, Probably. Association. He, like, he scored, like, 50... He's, like, he's leading the CBA with 37.6 points per game. I think he scored, like, 70-something points. Like, imagine if, like, a, like, a, like, Mason Plumlee was in the CBA. He, he actually might be the... He might actually be the MVP. Yeah. He could probably pull in 40 and 20 a night. Let's let's send let's send uh, maybe Marshall to the CBA. We want to keep Mason. Oh, here. yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, Mason can still play here for for foreign league. Uh, Mel's about getting getting his money. He goes to China. He's probably gonna win some championships there. He's gonna get MVP. You know, in the NBA when he plays, people are you know the narrative is that he's sort of a bust. It's all negative stuff. Yeah. If he's playing overseas for a team like that, all he's gonna get is positivity. Yeah, people are gonna so. love him. They're gonna treat him like a god. Yeah, they're I gonna agree. give him MVP awards. Yeah, I agree. Starberry has a fucking like statue in China somewhere. Yeah, he he bought out in the CBA. Huh? He was like one of the first sort of imp- imports into uh, yeah. China. Huh? He was a total joke in the NBA. And the media like, like just t- took him to, to task. Mm. So next, trouble in paradise. Okay, so um, as we know, it was during a Clippers game, a Clippers against the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors eventually lost that game in overtime. In the final moments of that game. Uh, Draymond Green secured a rebound, and with like four seconds left in the game, the, the game the score was tied. He dribbled the ball up, but then lost it. And you could see. I mean, I haven't watched the replay in like you know, I'm zoomed in on players' faces and stuff. But apparently, Durant was yelling, "Give me the damn ball," or something to that extent. And then you could see, and uh, so Draymond then like you know lost the ball and turnover, and then the game the game was tied at the end of regulation and went to overtime. And then when they're walking back to their respective team huddles, you could see Clay kind of like smirking, but like kind of like, oh, why didn't you give me the ball? You could see Durant like kind of, um, not emotional, but a little bit uh, confused and like confounded. Anyway, during this uh, end of regulation team huddle, uh, Green appra- uh, re- apparently repeatedly called Durant a bitch yeah. and said, we don't need Disrespect. you. We won without you, leave. In regards to Durant's impending free agency decision, yeah. Um, so I got, I got a couple of thoughts on this. Okay. And well, let's first welcome uh, Kevin Durant to LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we do that, I think that that is yeah. That Kevin, is get a yourself to LA. We love you there. 
I, I think a lot of this has to do with we need you. the media being bored of the predictable NBA storyline and then like trying to drum up a lot of drama around this feud, if you will. It could be it could be not it could really be nothing. But the media <sighs> is trying its darndest to uh, the to, question to, is, are you sure about that? Because yeah. the next game I'm just saying like they realis- play well. Realistically, this this team is still gonna win the NBA championship, feud or not. Like they're so talented, there's still odds on favor to, you know, mm. capture the NBA championship. It's insane to think that you would trade them and get equal value for either player just because you have a chance to build a dynasty, like a literally a dynasty here. And the only thing getting in the way is emotions. Um, it's going to cost a lot of money to pay four max contracts, but that's the reality of ha- having a dynasty in the salary cap generation. Are we talking about half a billion dollars? It's not half a billion, but it would be. With the luxury tax. It would be deep, deep, deep in the luxury tax. They'll be paying mid, like, like buco, do- buco dollars, like crazy amount of dollars. If they only had three Supermax, that's already $143 million tied up to three players only. That's not including a Durant or yeah. Green. But I mean, after what, the third year or second year, they're going to have to pay the luxury tax, like double the luxury every, tax. Right? Every year, they, yeah. du- they double in tax. Yeah. So how much, how, however much over the threshold they are, they'll have to pay double that and then triple that and then quadruple that every yeah. season. What I'm saying is that is a lot of money. Um, I assume they make so much money. Like, uh, like I got friends that live in the Bay Area and they, and they charge a lot of money for tickets. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's the luxury of even being in that position is, is near damn impossible. You know what I mean? Like, I have to the, agree with you. The chances of ever building a dynasty again or, like, like you know, this. or, or scrapping this, kind of, uh, this team together and trying to build scrap parts out of it, out of, the, out of the rubble, it's impossible to ever think that you could rebuild a dynasty I, I have to without agree. Green or Durant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so c- circumstantial, the fact that uh, Steph Curry was on a low contract and then they were so good to attract... It's so Dur- lucky. And then Dur- they were able to yeah, draft Green in the second round and pick up Clay with the 10th yeah, pick. Yeah, I have to agree. You know, all of them are perfect recipes to build a dynasty. Yeah. And they won 73 games without Durant. Yeah. And then Durant came in. Obviously, he's a, he is the best player. They won two unquestionably. Like, they just they sweeped through the playoffs with Duran and he won two finals MVPs. He's probably going to win his third finals so MVP this season. Um, so five NBA finals, four of them um, netting a championship. Um, but you can keep this going. The only, problem, the only problem I think is, one, financial reasons, like the owner, uh, J- uh, Jake... Uh, Lickham or something. Yeah, Jacob... Lakeham. 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 Yeah, Lakeham. Doesn't pay? We should probably get his name right. <laughs> He's not important. He's no Kevin Durant. <laughs> but it's up to the Lakeham, owner. you stay in uh, it's up Golden to, State. Durant, yeah, you go to It's LA, up to please. Joseph S. Lakeham okay. to pay an enormous uh, tax for the, for, the, for the players. And secondly, it's up for Durant and Green to uh, be happy to coexist and put bygones be bygones kind of thing. Can I, or I wanna, so on. I want to hear your thoughts. Like, or, because you said, like, welcome to LA and the prospect of Durant joining... Uh, LeBron in LA is tantalizing, right? It's it's it's, it's quite mouthwatering to think Durant and LeBron could play together on the same team, and and they can because and we saw that last year in the All Star yes, game. And LA has a secret weapon. They have the Durant whisperer, 
our hero, Michael Beasley, his best friend. Literally, I think yeah. Michael Beasley may be Durant's best friend in well, the NBA. But he's on a one-year contract. It doesn't matter. Like, they'll just pay him to, to try to attract Durant. Oh, as that in, like, they'll resign Beasley. Exactly. That possibility of Durant playing in L.A. with LeBron and also having, for the first time, playing with his friend, Beasley. I think L.A. would be a good landing spot for Durant. And obviously, we're talking about Le- LeBron still playing at a, like, as a borderline MVP. I think you know, he's top three in NBA. Uh, in Golden State, it will not be Kevin Durant's team ever in his career. It will no, be Steph Curry's team. It's always team. Steph Curry's team. And it's highlighted because they've lost two games. They lost to the Rockets recently. And then, as I've mentioned, they lost to the Clippers. And it just further highlights how important Steph Curry is. But also, the fans love Steph Curry. It doesn't matter that Durant gets MVP, finals MVP every time they win. Mm. The fans love Steph Curry. And that's yeah. Steph Curry's team, right? Yeah. And they can win without Durant. That's the key, right? They've won without Durant. They've won they it without can him. win with Durant. But so Green is correct. You know, We don't actually need you to win. Of course. Harsh. We, it's harsh, and of course they would love to have Durant, but they do they need Durant to win? They probably, probably don't. Not. They're still right. our favorite to win without Durant. But then in LA, that become Durant's team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there you go. We'll uh, we'll see you in LA. <laughs> fan fan <laughs> request. Next, we've got a bit of a, a fan service here. <laughs> Our original follower, our number one fan, Hoi Yang, tweeted at us early on and asked us, said, fantastic show. Oh, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not actually sure what he said. But I'm sure he said, fantastic show. show. Love the show. This is the greatest show I've ever heard. Uh, but can you uh, talk about a bit about the Pistons? There's only two things I listen to in my life. My yeah. wife and <laughs> you guys yeah, on this that's, podcast. That's exactly what you said. So shout out. And not in that order. <laughs> so respect. unfortunately, Ho Young, we have nothing to say about Pistons because they suck. Yeah, okay, see you next week, guys. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Detroit basketball. Maybe this isn't this is not our favorite moment of like a Pistons moment. What I'm trying to say, I'm saying. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying. You're to, talking about the malice in the palace. Yeah, I'm trying to segue into malice in the palace, which you listed as your favorite Pistons memory. I, I did. Where did I? Well, I I put I, the, I put it as in that row. Favorite Pistons oh, memory. Okay. And you said malice in the palace, which is a black mark on their organization. But I think for a lot of people, you know, just watching it as a spectator, as a fan on TV, you're like, like you kind of remember. You can't remember I definitely that remember that. It was crazy. Do you yeah. want to talk about it? Do you want to give a Do you want to give a oral history on the events of that? <laughs> Unfortunately, Hoya, I don't really remember that much about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the key? Who are the key figures? And and can you just give like a, what what happened? Can you just give us give the listeners some background? This was interestingly, it happened in November. That event, I think, was the ninth. You can check the actual date, but it was like around nineteenth of November. The Malice in Palace in two thousand four. Yep, November nineteenth, two thousand four. Yeah. Which is so literally which is like we're, a year we're going after to, the championship. It was the next year, basically after their championship year. So we're fourteen years. We're. Re- Going to come up to the 14th yep. anniversary of that of yep. that event. 
Um, so basically, it was a game between uh, the Pacers and the Pistons. Indiana was winning, so and I think it was in the fourth quarter. It was sort of the, the results were already decided, and um, the altercation an altercation happened between our test and Ben Wallace where Ben Wallace basically shoved our test. There was a little bit of shuffle, the players got involved, and then um, as things were calming down, Ron Artest decided to, some, for whatever reason, lie and put up his feet and legs on the uh, scores table. And then basically someone from the stand, one of the Detroit Piston fans, threw their drinks or their beer at him yeah. uh, in a little you know, plastic cup, and then Ron Artest lost his shit and ran into lost the stands. The with Steven Jackson to hunt down this person. <laughs> and, and to like beat the shit out of them. And unfortunately, they didn't even get the right person. It was just like some random <laughs> was guy. It really? was yeah, it? they got the wrong guy. And then on the court, uh, obviously all the, all the other players were, were shuffling and uh, uh, beating each other. And eventually, uh, Artest and Steven Jackson got back onto the court. And then fans started to get onto the court. And then Artest and Steven Jackson were fighting with the fans on the court. So they were fighting them in the stand and then on the court. Uh, And I just remember um, one of the, either Artest or Jackson throwing a punch at this like 300 pound looking fan, Mm. uh, which didn't really connect. And I think the fan just fell down, uh, but he just slipped. Yeah, yeah. And then... No serious injuries from There's no serious injuries, but at this point, I remember watching, so I remember exactly where I was. I was in my parents' basement. I think I was working out oh. and watching the game was on TV. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember witnessing this whole thing and, and not really computing exactly what I'm seeing. Like, I knew this was unprecedented mm. and this was insanity that I'm witnessing, mm. but emotionally, I couldn't really feel anything. I just mm. couldn't process exactly what was mm. happening. Mm. Uh, and apparently afterwards, you know, Larry Brown, who was the coach of Detroit, uh, the, of the Pistons, he like broke down in, in the locker room. I was like crying, bawling, crying, because he was saying that this is such a black eye to the league. Right? Well, the Associated Press called it the most infamous brawl in NBA history. Yeah. And the scary part was basically that there was fear that the fans would rush the stage or rush the, the court. Yeah. And then something serious Some, Something serious, like yeah. players. Because obviously, stuff. regardless of whether these are trained athletes and how tough Ron Artest is, you know, they're not going to be able to fight of 30 of, yeah. or 18,000 fans, right? Well, yeah, the, I mean, not everyone. Not, <laughs> not mothers and, ch- and children are going to start like, bashing I don't know Ron about Artest. that. This, this is Detroit, after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or trained yeah, This is not even fighters. Detroit. This is, yeah. Uh, they're trained fighters. Yeah, I, I just found, I found it. In the Pacers locker room, O'Neal and Carlisle nearly got into a fight with the coaches trying to restrain the other players when they were defending themselves. Artest asked Jackson whether he thought the players would get in trouble. Jackson responded, we'll be lucky if we have a freaking job. I'm pretty sure they uh, cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, they cleaned it up. It was insanity. I really do think with the Pistons that drafting Darko ruined that franchise. Oh, really? Yeah, because they... Well, they won a championship with Darko. Not because of him. Not because of Darko. But earlier I said the Pistons were sort of like... uh, San Antonio-like team of the East. And they had that Spurs moment where they had a great team already. They had a championship team. And then they had the number two pick. Yep. They could have set themselves up for the next... And this is the Hall of Fame draft class. This was the Hall of Fame draft 2003. class. 2003. Obviously, yeah. Darko famously picked second, second after LeBron James. Exactly. So if they drafted right on in that when the, they had that chance, they could have set themselves up for the next generation. Of all the drafts, that was that was the greatest top five oh, of course. talent of yeah. all, in NBA draft definitely. history. Right? Yeah, definitely. 
They could have picked Carmelo. They could have picked Bosch, and they could have picked D Wade. They got the they got the draft pick, so that was half the battle. But unfortunately, they didn't have the um, the scouting know how and talent like the Spurs to, to pull just it make to pull it off. Mm. Who knew? Who knew what the trajectory would have been? Um, but I think that's the Pistons. I think we did a pretty good job of recapping famous moments in Pistons history. Um, so there you go, Hoyon. That's a bit of fan service. Anyone just reach out to us and we will just talk. Like it doesn't even yeah. have to be NBA. Like I, I'm, I'm just happy if someone just asks me to talk about. Something yeah, just tweet at us, please, and say like fan requests. Talk about um, talk about Airbnb. Anything. That's all we have. And uh, like Ron Artesta's time with the the Pacers, we must be going. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.